0: Athlete Mindset is part of the Source Podcast Network. At Source, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're growing this one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you by searching Source on your social media app of choice. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network. The KazSource Podcast Network. This is the Athlete Mindset Podcast, and it's all about mental health and sports. Presented and produced by Sporty Plus, part of the Source Podcast Network. Athlete Mindset is hosted by Lisa Bontasumi. Lisa is a therapist and mental performance consultant to high-performing athletes at the youth, collegiate, and professional levels. Lisa also works with teams, coaches, and other members of the sports ecosystem. The Athlete Mindset Podcast is a space for conversations with athletes, coaches, practitioners, and stakeholders in sports. And it's where those individuals share their perspectives, experiences, and thoughts on mental health in sports. I am Eric Kazimov, founder of KazSource and the creator of Sports E+. I'm hosting the Athlete Mindset Podcast on this platform as I deeply believe these conversations are essential and deserve to be prioritized.
1: So welcome everybody to the Athlete Mindset Podcast. This is our first podcast interview in a couple months. We took a little bit of a respite. We're back and ready to get going again and I'm excited to have our first guest of this new season going with Pam Baker. Cam brings deep leadership and startup experience across multiple functional areas. Her career started at Johnson & Johnson and Genentech, leading cross-functional launch sales marketing reimbursement and consulting teams and creating the needed infrastructure for organizational success. She led commercial teams at Omana Health and healthcare consulting teams at Charles River Associates. Cam was a founder of Journeyus, dedicated to empowering young adults, young adults to make career decisions that fit. So people are probably wondering, you listen to my podcast, why do you have Pam on? What is their connection to mindset, to athletes, to mental health? Well, we're going to learn that because Pam's most recent venture is that she has just founded the Women's Coaching Alliance. And that is where we align. And so I want to introduce, just say hello to Pam, introduce you again. Hi, Pam. And have you talk about the Women's Coaching Alliance with us.
2: Awesome, Lisa, thanks so much for having me. It is a treat to be here and it is a treat to be in community with people like you. So yes, the Women's Coaching Alliance is a bit of a different take for me. Our focus is on growing the number of women coaching youth sports. And the way that we do that is by connecting them with coaching opportunities, but also leadership and development and help them connect the dots between the skills they're learning in coaching and how those relate to leadership. With the idea that more young women have the leadership skills early on to be great leaders, certainly both on the court and on the field and in the pool, and also in whatever they want to choose to do next in any career, whether that's business or nonprofit or community or education, Or on and on. The goal is, how do we get more young women ready to lead and have all of our kids benefit from great coaches in the process?
1: Love it. It's so very much needed. And I'm just so proud to, yes, have you in my circle and that you're doing this great work that we can uplift together. But how does someone who comes from the professional background that you had to want to start up an organization such as the Women's Coaching Alliance? Where does that come from? What's the inspiration?
2: Yeah, so full disclosure, I am neither an athlete nor a coach. So you really start to wonder, what the heck? So the inspiration was my husband. So he was both the athlete and the coach. And he was the person who built his confidence from playing sports. It was not through school. It wasn't really through his upbringing. But when he got out to play and was surrounded by his team, and he was really fortunate to have some great coaches along the way, that is where he really came into his own. And when, so I've got 14-year-old twin daughters now. When they started playing sports, he would go out and coach them. And in 2020, he was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer and passed away just a couple of months later. And at the time, everybody was in lockdown, and there was this sort of outpouring of how do we keep that memory alive of who he was and what he meant to the community? And so the initial idea was, how do we put some funding before the, providing every kid the chance to play sports and to get a great coach when they do? And so the first piece was fairly straightforward because there are scholarship opportunities that are set up. And so we funded a number of those. The piece around coaching was honestly a little bit more amorphous, Lisa. Again, I'm not the coach, but what I have seen throughout my own experience is that that leadership is lacking for the number of women. As, As women, we tend to hold ourselves back and hold ourselves to a really high standard. And what I came to learn is that the same is often true in the coaching world. I've talked to so many women who have said, well, but I only played at a D2 level. I'm not sure I'm qualified to coach. And I would say, my husband's out there coaching soccer and he never played the darn game. So of course, you're more than qualified to coach. And so Doug was somebody who was a real advocate of bringing women off the sidelines to help him coach because as as a coach of girls teams he recognized that he didn't fully understand the experience of of being a girl and playing sport so all of that to say i recognize that you know i was i was schooled by some really smart people who told me not enough women are out there coaching not enough kids actually have a chance to play because there aren't enough teams out there and i know full well that there aren't enough women In leadership. So, through learning a bit about how great coaching happens and seeing the very clear connection between great coaching and great leadership, my goal was could we do a few things all at once? Get more kids out there to play, get more women to be seen as leaders and role models early on, and give these young women a great foundation to lead in their future. And so, that's what we're aiming to do.
1: Thank you. And, and you're not aiming to do, you're doing it. You already started it. You're doing it. It's already in action. It's inspiring to see. I mean, I think what you're telling me is the Women's Coaching Alliance was inspired but by, by a man. And not only a man, yeah. but by your you know, beloved late husband who coaches girls and your twins. So that's an important origin because I know too that the Women's Coaching Alliance... Isn't led just by women? Like there, you have a very strong man in your back pocket here as well, who is about it. And I will just say that around women. And you know, I think I just can't go without saying. You know, James Johnson is I know a part of your organization. He introduced me to your organization. Is you know, a, a father, a husband, a dedicated you know servant to this work, and that men can be involved in this. This is, just because it's a women's coaching alliance doesn't mean it's just women. That's, alliance means that. We're going to ally with right. anyone who's, who's about this mission. So I really absolutely. respect that. And so I just needed to say that.
2: I'm so glad you brought that up, Lisa, because we have some amazing men. James is absolutely one of them. And so many that have said, I want to do this too. I've got daughters and I care about what their success looks like. So how can we support you? And so that's where the alliance piece became really important. And throughout the course of my career, I've had some amazing male mentors. And the point isn't to say, this is about women leading at the exclusion of men. This is about women standing up as equals with all of our male counterparts and leading together. Because we know that We do better when we can lead together as opposed to one versus the other. So, we're not about setting up these women to lead in an all female environment. That is neither realistic nor is that what success looks like. It's about how can we make sure that when it comes to coaching at this point, that sometimes it's the male coach or the dad or the man who's going to bring the snacks, not the woman. And it's the woman who's going to be out there running the practice plan and swapping in players. That's okay. That's great. That sometimes we, we shift our roles around and that's a positive thing when we're leading together and collaborating effectively.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We, no one can do it in isolation. And like you said, it's not realistic for, for female leaders to feel like they are going to then only lead females. That's just not what our society is. And so to, to get those skills, to be able to be in any space, and to occupy any space and empower any space is really, really important. I know that it's really important for you to really say and talk about the skills we learn in coaching, our leadership skills in life. Like, can you name some of those skills or what are what are the ones that are prominent for you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. In in some of our early conversations with young women, when we asked them about their interest in coaching, many of them because they had had an experience where sports had a positive impact on them they were really interested in giving that back to younger kids but one of the first hesitations that would come up again and again would be i don't want to deal with difficult parents and i can say that because at times i've been a difficult parent right that that is sort of the reality of coaching in youth sports and initially i thought well that is really going to be challenge. And then I thought about my own leadership experience and I realized I've had to deal with difficult bosses, difficult clients, difficult colleagues, difficult team members. And I have had to figure out how to navigate through that in a productive way. I've also had to influence people that I had absolutely no authority over. And what I realized is, boy, if I had learned those skills and I had mentorship to help me navigate those difficult situations early on in my career, I would have been so much more effective early on. And that's part of the goal of what we're trying to do for these young women. Another example is, as every coach out there knows, sometimes the practice plan goes awry Just like happens in business, sometimes a new competitor comes on the market and they do something totally unexpected, or sometimes COVID hits and suddenly our supply chain is impacted. And so we have to figure out another plan, another way to achieve our goals. And that's what coaches navigate all the time. The competitor shows up with a different group of team members than we had anticipated, or they are running plays that no one had foreseen. Well, coaches need to adapt on the fly, just like leaders do. You know, challenges around resilience. You face a difficult loss of personnel, of market conditions, and so on in the business world. And just like coaches, show up for the game with their team with every intention of winning and things don't go as expected. Well, they've still got to get their team up and excited and ready and motivated to play the next game. So the resilience piece is one that, that exists in both environments. And there are lots of others. And as, as we think about, I've had the experience in the business world of having motivational speakers come in and talk to us. And in many cases, those have been great coaches. Because the parallels are so clear in being a great coach to being a great leader.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. It's so many, many ways it's connecting. Those were great examples. And I think when we talk about leadership in business, it's also being a leader maybe amongst your peer group. Yeah. Being a leader at school, whatever that, you don't have to have an elected position at, in student government to be a leader at school. But mm-hmm. The leadership qualities, no matter your title or whatever, are important in a young girl's life all the way around, right? And I think the mentorship part is really important to feel like you're not alone in in that exploration and that journey because at the level of the coaches in your organization, they're actually also athletes. So they are athletes, right, who are learning about these skills and values while they compete in their sport and then also while they coach and develop
2: young ladies that are younger than them. So exactly. Isn't that cool? Is. I mean that's right? That's a great call out, Lisa. And what we hope is that these athletes will bring some of those coaching skills back to their experience as athletes as well. And I think the neat thing is as an athlete, as a coach, as a leader, the best in each of those are continually learning. They are learning from the people around them. In some cases, coaches are learning from their players. Athletes are learning from each other. Leaders are learning from the more junior people on their team. They're learning from their peers. And that ability to continually learn is invaluable regardless of what folks do, whether they stay in sports, whether they go into a different arena for their career. What it comes down to is having the curiosity, interest, and the humility to say, yes, there's something I can learn from people who are at all different relative quote-unquote levels from where I am.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think curiosity, it's come up a couple of times already. I mean, I think that that's an important point. And I think it can be an interesting sort of place of potential tension for an athlete. Because they think that, okay, if I'm curious and I show I'm curious, I'm going to look dumb. Right. Or I'm going to look like I don't know. Or I'm then going to look like I'm not ready or equipped for this training session or this tournament or this practice. I think there's a lot of misinformation about what that means. And we need to start to continue to break that kind of stigma around curiosity, that it shows that you're thinking, that you're engaged, that you want to learn. When a lot of athletes feel like, depending on the level that they, they compete at, feel like they need to know everything.
2: Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's right. And I think it's it's unfortunate because you hear about some of the best players in the game. I mean, I'll I'll talk about Steph Curry. And what I have heard about him is that he is out there practicing every single day. He's practicing those things that he's mastered, his free throws and all of the other mechanics of the game, because he's not assuming that he is at his best and there is no opportunity to continue to improve. And you hear that about athletes across the board. And I've worked for those leaders who have come across as, I have it all figured out. I know enough. I don't need your input. And my experience is those are the people who allowed their organizations to top out. They couldn't move further because that leader wasn't willing to take in new perspective. And it's the athletes, the coaches, it's the leaders who have a willingness to say, I can always learn. Maybe it's going to be from a place that's in my world. So the business leader might learn from another business leader. And in in some cases, I think the, the richest experiences come from when people are willing to look beyond their domain. When it is the leader who's willing to say, what can I learn from that athlete or that community service leader or that politician? or that educator that I can take into my realm and improve how we do what we do. There's there's real power in there, but it does take a willingness to really be curious and want to learn.
1: Yes, and that the mindset set shift that being curious is I'm actually investing in myself and want to build that self-awareness yeah. and build that and encourage it in the people who I'm surrounded by and who I'm surrounding. Okay. So. It's the shift that I think is important that, you know, growing up, you know, in class, didn't they say to me, like every, there's no dumb question. It's like every question is important. Like every question counts. It matters because you're engaged and actually your brain is thinking and and, and in that. So I think that's really, really great. You also spoke about resilience. I mean, I think that that's an important one for any human being, especially an athlete and a young athlete about like okay, it's hard right now. We have to face adversity to develop resilience. We don't try to avoid adversity. I mean, I don't think we could even if we tried. But the key (laughs) to building resilience is, you know, fine-tuning our toolbox of responses to that adversity, right? Then the resilience comes. Like, what do you think about that?
2: I think that's so spot on. And I think about the work that you do, Lisa, and, and the importance of resilience, particularly in the mental wellness, mental health space. And we can know all that we need to know about the mechanics of our sport. And if we're not recognizing all of the other factors that influence how we show up every day, then we're missing A key piece. And I think as we're all becoming aware, the mental side of our wellness, of perhaps the game that we play in the case of athletes is so, so powerful in influencing outcomes. And resilience and and being able to be resilient, I think, depends to a large degree on Navigating all of those factors, the mechanics of the drill, but also how we're showing up in terms of taking care of ourselves and the mental aspects of actually playing the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for highlighting that.
1: You know, that's my jam, the mental health side of sports, of athletics. When you are choosing, you know, your mentors to bring them on to be in charge of the development you know of these young coaches who are athletes themselves you know what's your commitment to like supporting the mentors in that i think tall order and what support do you give them and how do you choose them
2: yeah so maybe let me start with the choosing part so we are beta testing our model if you will right now as you mentioned we do have Eight teams of coaches that are out there actively coaching. So we have teams that coach together. So two coaches and they're supported by two different mentors. One who's a coach mentor and that's the person who has coached that particular sport before. So they can provide some guidance to the coaches around setting up practice plans and game plans and drills to run. And when a certain drill isn't working particularly well, how they can think about adapting that. And then we also have leader mentors and their role is to help connect the dots between those coaching experiences and leadership experiences. So as we thought about how we bring in the right people with to fill in both of those roles, for the coach mentor, we wanted to make sure that these were coaches who were coaching in a really positive way. And lots of coaches in this area are, but. All of them are known. And what our focus again is youth sports at a rec level. We are not about sending folks to the Olympics. We are about kids getting out there, playing for as long as they possibly can because it's fun and they're staying active. And so the coach mentors we're looking to, in terms of helping the coaches create that environment, are the ones who know how to keep it fun, give kids that positive feedback and experience and also arm the coaches with the drills that allow kids to improve. Because what we know from kids is a great experience in sport is not just getting out there running around and having fun with your friends. That's that's a piece of it, but they also are out there to improve. And so they want to, bit by bit, improve their skill level. And so it's it's really the both and. So bringing in the coach mentors who have that experience and are focused on how do we make sure that kids have a great experience so that they come back the next season. In the case of our leader mentors, it's really different. So we have reached out to folks, many of whom have sort of sheepishly said, hey, you've never played sports or I've never coached. I don't think you want me. And my feedback to them has been, you're exactly who we want because you have led people in any number of realms and you understand what great leadership looks like. And so when you see and when you hear the conversations happening between the coaches and the coach mentor, you'll be able to identify, oh, that's a leadership skill that you're developing. You had a group of kids come together. And some have one skill and others don't have that skill. How are you thinking about upskilling, if you will, the different groups so that everybody is learning a similar set of skills? Well, that's leadership, right? You're thinking about how do you bring your teams together in a way where you're complementing the skills of one with another and putting people into the right roles. And so the leader mentors can quickly suss out from the conversation the leadership skills the coaches are learning that they may not even be thinking of as truly leadership skills. Uh The ways that we're looking to support them, I mean, again, I, I will be very honest and say, we gave our mentors very little guidance in terms of how to do what they do. We said, here's how often we want you to meet with folks. Here's what we want you to roughly cover in terms of content. And because we've been so fortunate with our great group of mentors, They have exceeded our expectations in in virtually every case. They have come up creatively with ideas about how to make sure that their coaches are getting what they need when they need it. We talked to one group of coaches yesterday who had, uh, one of them had their mentor call the day before and the coach is a senior in high school. She's knee deep in college applications Feeling pretty overwhelmed by all of her responsibilities and yet continuing to do a great job as a coach. And one of the things the mentor took them through was, how do you make sure that you're taking care of yourself? That you are being true to all that's on your plate. How might I prioritize? How might I set some time aside to take care of me? Because burning yourself out doesn't serve anybody. And so those are the kinds of things that our mentors are doing because they are really tuning into the conversation that the coaches are needing to have. In some cases, a practice didn't go particularly well one week and the coaches are getting ready for a game. And so the mentors have been wise enough to reach out and text their coaches just to say, Hey, I'm thinking of you. What do you folks need? How can I help? We didn't ask them to do that, but they're intuitive enough to pick that up. So yeah, those are some examples of how the mentors have supported the coaches as we move forward and begin to scale the program. We're thinking about what are the kinds of support and guidance that we need to provide a bit more explicitly for our future set of mentors. But again, they have, they have really exceeded our expectations so far.
1: I mean, thank you. And I think because of your discerning choices around who you, who you bring in, and like, they really want to, like this is, again, developing humans and people have to have a passion for that and have their own story that guides, you know, their inspiration to have the energy to do this amongst everything else that we all do. I mean, I think that it's it's a great structure. I mean, these young coaches are learning how to navigate all of these situations and knowing that there are at least two people on their side. The whole time. And that's only just through the Women's Coaching Alliance. That doesn't include their family or anybody else. Like this is built in and part of the coaching experience.
2: It Um, is. And and one of the things that we're hoping they get out of this is the experience of having a mentor or more, more than one mentor, because that is an invaluable career and leadership experience. And you're right. So those are the most visible supporters. But families are also supporting. I had the opportunity to go to our cross-country practice on Friday. And so I was chatting with a number of the parents who were dropping their kids off. And when we told them who the coaches were, because they're high school students, so they're not what most parents think your typical quote-unquote coach will look like. And we gave them some context on Women's Coaching Alliance, and what we're doing to a person Those parents were so excited about the opportunity, not only for these young women to get coaching experience, but for their own kids to be coached by somebody that was close to their age, that was really relatable. And those are the supporters that many of our coaches aren't even aware of because they don't necessarily hear it from the parents. I just had the chance to do so and made sure to pass that along. But the neat thing is there's this, great community of people out there that are cheering these young women on, even though they probably don't know it.
1: Yeah, but I'm sure feel it and get it and they need to get it from all different angles. Yeah. Like, while well, I'm cheering you on, isn't the same as like, oh, maybe a leadership mentor right. who is a little yep. bit distant from you, but appreciates who you are, what you're doing and wants to contribute to your excellence as a person. Yeah, In
2: this environment. They might reach out to five years down the line and say, look what I was able to do. And hey, can I pick your brain on something? And for the mentors that we've got involved right now, I can tell you, I'm pretty sure that all of them would say, absolutely, let's talk. How can I help? And what an amazing opportunity for these young women to have those people really for their their career support from early on. Absolutely.
1: You know, you and I both know that in corporate America, former athletes at any level are highly touted for corporate jobs because they have that ability to have a routine, have a structure, commit to something. They've built the ability to have teamwork and develop their skill of self-confidence within their sports that translates into, here we go again, into corporate America, into leadership, into that transferable piece. I think that, I mean, these girls are being Mentored, trained, and developed—you know—for the world, and, and they're having fun doing it. And don't even realize it. Like that's the awesome part of it. That's Absolutely. the awesome part of it.
2: Yeah, there's some data that I think 95% of Fortune 500 executives played sport at some point in their careers, and so that connection between sport and success in leadership is clear. One of the things down the line that I really would love to be able to do is there was some data that came out of the Wall Street Journal a month or two ago that was looking at the gender pay gap. Mm -hmm. And the hypothesis has been until recently that the pay gap exists when women exit the workforce to have a family. And what this analysis looked at was over the trajectory of someone's career When does that pay gap begin to exist? And they found that it actually occurs in the first three years after somebody graduates college. Generally, that's before women are leaving the workforce to have kids. And so, what that says to me is that men are doing a better job of asking for higher pay than women are right out of the gates. And so, my hope is that if we can arm women with these leadership experiences and make them understand and be able to talk about the leadership experiences that they've had, that we can use this as an opportunity to close that pay gap from early on so that you're seeing women and men demanding similar salaries and similar titles from from the very get-go so that further on down the line, should women exit the workforce to have kids, You don't see that that gap grow to nearly the width that it is right now. No,
1: that's great data and great information. I think it's it's always great to equip our women, our young girls with skills and, you know, from the leadership perspective, going across and developing the people who they're advocating for that raise to also hear them equally Mm -hmm. and hear them equitably is a better word, actually, because. They expect the men to come up and hear, oh, oh yeah, Mr. John, Mr. James is gonna come over here in a matter of time. I know in the next three to six months, he's gonna advocate for a raise. But I don't expect Sally or Jane to do that because that's not been my experience. But they need to then get that training also, right? To expect and even encourage Sally or Jane too. And so that, that they meet from the top, we meet from the bottom and meet in the middle about it. Because again, we don't, I mean. What they can control is great, but then we're in a system and a society that still favors men in a lot of different ways. And the reality of that, and just keep pushing and to make that systemic change as a whole. So that, and that's where leaders, women, women in leadership come because they can be that person where Sally is asking for that raise. It's a woman who's doing that or an ally.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. We've got men who are mentors within the Women's Coaching Alliance as well. And we can have them help be part of the solution. Yes. Help translate these leadership skills that these young women are learning so that they can have that conversation that says, absolutely, I deserve that higher title or that higher wage. And let me tell you why. I hmm I mean, and then, and then it's like a parallel process if we are able to do that on the
1: team. Like I want to earn extra minutes. I want to earn that position on the field. I want to earn captaincy. They're doing it in their team environment, even if it's a single person solo sport, learning how to do that, how to ask for that, how to talk to the coach and not be intimidated. And then that whole dynamic in itself then also transfers over. So I think it's really, really amazing what you're creating and really amazing. You know, The structure of it is very thoughtful and just really inclusive. Let's say, let's say in about like five years, you know, Women's Coaching Alliance is all over different cities in California. It's on the West Coast, emerging into the Midwest and onto the East Coast. And you're looking back and kind of reflecting on the growth that is occurring, the growth that is to come. You know, sitting in the morning, like looking over, you know, the paper maybe and and the sun like drinking coffee, like what are you, what are your thoughts?
2: How did you know that my favorite thing to do is actually read a hard copy paper with a steaming cup of coffee in the morning? I still like the paper version. Not- I don't know, that just, I think it was the
1: vibe. I think I got that somehow. Just, I was imaging like what it would be for Pam and that was included, so yeah.
2: yeah. So I think a few things come to mind. One is that you've got kids out there that are saying, my coach instead of, oh, my, my woman coach, that Mm -hmm. coach is, women coaching is not something that is different or unique or even something that needs to be gendered. Of course, women are out there coaching. Two is that in the communities that are particularly impacted by kids just don't have The people and the places to play that that is changing. I'm not an athlete, but I fully benefit from being active every single day. It was one of the jokes that Doug and I often had when I was getting really cranky. He would look at me and say, Do you need to go out and get a bike ride in or take a walk? Because I would get really up in my head when I didn't have enough physical activity. So I often say that it does more for my head than it does for the rest of my body. And I think that is is true for many, many people. And when more kids can stay active longer, that's a good thing for the kids, for their families, for the healthcare system and on and on. And the other piece that I am excited to look forward to is seeing these growing communities of women and allies supporting the young kids in their community and the coaches that are coaching them, that we create an environment where folks kind of come in and out of the Women's Coaching Alliance community throughout their lives. So at some point, you have a little bit more time and you're mentoring or you're coaching, and then different job, something happens with family. And so you have to pull out for a bit. And then you're coming in to serve in a different role, but that, that it is an environment that is continually inviting people to remain and contribute in different ways. Because I think that's really where the richness and the power comes in, is when we all have a chance to learn from each other and get better in the process. And then I think, you know, looking at just more women being out there leading. There's a great book, The Confidence Code, and it looks at why women tend to lag behind relative to men in terms of career progression. So they looked at teenage boys and girls. And one of the things that they found was that boys are much more likely to try something without fear of failure. And so they try. If it doesn't work, they just move on to the next. And women, Hold ourselves to this very high standard of, oh, well, I don't want to fail. I don't want to look silly. And it's all of those constant experiences of trying and just getting out there that lead to this greater confidence of boys relative to girls. And so our goal is how do we give more young women this opportunity to get out there and try and lead? And how will that result in a greater number of women? Leading again in all realms of of our communities, so that's that's what I'm excited to look forward to.
1: No, that's great. No, it's and I know what will happen. It's already happening, you know. And I love that I can, you know, myself and Ath mindset can align with the people in your organization and what the values and mission of of what they are because they're the same. You know, the fact that we both know that physical activity helps mental health. You know, mental health is essential to our society's overall well-being. And to start this these conversations and these these opportunities early is really, really great, you know, and to learn and to know that, yes, experience can build self-confidence, but you can also develop self-confidence because it's a mental skill. It's a skill. All skills can be developed, and you use tools to develop them, right? And so confidence can be developed through, Getting out there and trying. It can also be developed by like telling yourself you can do it, like the self talk, the encouragement that comes from within, being able to imagine what it looks like to to do the thing you want to do and imagine that and like bring your brain in on that opportunity, setting your goals, meeting them, and then setting up routines and structure that help you to build that confidence, to help you like, okay, this isn't going really the way I want to, but let me go back to my structure. Let me go back to my routine. I'm true to my process. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to still commit to that development. So, yeah. you know, like we're all, this is amazing. It's such an amazing time together. Thank you so much for sharing it. You are um, have so much knowledge and experience and every athlete, every human that you touch within your organization is already a better person for it. And I just can't wait to see like, you know, where it's going to continue to grow.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's an absolute treat to chat with you today. And we're excited to to see where it all takes us and enjoying that steaming hot cup of coffee with paper five years down the line and looking back and saying, hey, we were pretty close. So really appreciate the opportunity to chat with everybody today. Thanks, Pam. Thank you, Lisa. Take care.
0: Athlete Mindset is part of the Source Podcast Network. At source we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're growing this one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you by searching Source on your social media app of choice. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network, the source Podcast Network.